Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, the show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Hey Jeff, how many cryptic away messages and buddy profiles do you think you created over the years? Uh, I think I've personally been responsible for hundreds of thousands of tildes <laughs> and asterisks in my, uh, in my away messages. Today's show, we're talking about AOL, Instant Messenger, or AIM. Uh, which was an early instant messaging platform, which really took off in the late 90s. Yeah. And as an aside, Jeff, did you call it AIM or AIM? I think I called it AIM, but I can't remember. It's been so long. I've called it both. Maybe I've called it both AIM and AIM. For sure. What do you call it? I think I called it AIM. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> I had to think about that hard. I think we're <laughs> definitely dating ourselves with uh, with this episode, but I'm super excited for this because I spent so much time on AIM or AIM. We'll see. We'll see what I refer to it as we tease out this, this episode. But yes, yeah, as, as Jeff mentioned, interchangeable. Exactly interchangeable. <laughs> so as Jeff mentioned, uh, AIM or AOL Instant Messenger, um, it was a messaging service back in the days of AOL. Uh, some of the core features that it had uh, was messaging, so peer to peer. So you had a, uh, a buddy list. So if Jeff's screen name was Jeff Lee one two three four five six seven eight. Um, and mine was Mike Alcazarin, a billion dates after that, we could message <laughs> each other. And if we had that, um, you know, we could send icons and emojis back to back and forth to each other, uh, usually after school and or during the weekends and all of that jazz. Um, there's other features like away messages. So if you uh, left your computer on and still connected to the Internet and you wanted to just let your friends know that, hey, I'm not here. I'm doing something really cool, like hanging out with other friends. <laughs> you could post that publicly. Um and I think one of my favorite low-key features was the buddy profile. So mm-hmm. the buddy profile was your personal page. So your um, screen name. My, my screen name was a momgib21, which was Big Mama21 backwards, which nice. is from the from Big Mama's house. But anyways. Mine, I think, was like Big Jeff 827 or something like that. I love I think it. I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. I love it. Um, With but two yeah. G's, <laughs> <laughs> of course, because it had to be it had to be original. Um, but with the Buddy profile, you could actually program HTML. So it was actually one of my first forays into programming, where oh, wow. I wanted to format how the Buddy profile looked. I wanted to, you know, add some strings of text and do some interesting things and format it. And I was able to do that with HTML. So I thought that was an interesting like way for me to to learn by actually doing something that I thought was useful. Um, two of the other features that I'll talk about just really briefly, you could also block users. So if you had something annoying or someone that you didn't feel safe talking to, you could always block them. Um, and then lastly, they also had bots, which was, you know, pre-programmed, uh, screen names that you could talk to. I think one of them was like a homework bot that would help you answer questions, but it was just programmed, so it didn't have any kind of machine learning or any AI mm-hmm. type that we're used to, you know, here in 2021. But if you type something to it, it would respond back to you with some sort of canned answer, um, sometimes randomized, yeah. if you got a good bot. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you had any interesting bot <laughs> stories or any I'm trying to remember, like, I feel like I didn't use the bots that much, but I think I remember, like, there was, like, friend bots or some chat bots that were, like, you would ask them a question and they would give you some generic answer. And you can tell that like, you know, they're randomly drawing from like a list of prepared canned answers or whatever. And I do think it's interesting. It's pretty ahead of its time to have any sort of chatbot. I mean, there's a whole industries now around chatbots, whether that's via support, like places like, you know, companies like Intercom or Fresh Chat or whatever, or a company that you like to shop with, they probably have some sort of chatbot. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like the early days of that. But 
meant for a completely different industry, which is purely social. Totally. And it's just evolved into this behemoth now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talking about the the business model for um, AIM, AIM, I still don't know. Uh, I'm going to switch back and forth for what <laughs> you're going to say it. both now that it, you're not sure. Exactly. Um, you don't want to offend anybody that's you know, <laughs> calling it the other thing. Exactly. But the business model was interesting. So as I was doing some research before this, you know, because I was a heavy user back in the days of, mm-hmm. you know, middle school, high school, um, or like maybe freshman year of college. But uh, in reading up on this, I guess AIM was a side project by some of the engineers at AOL. And so when they actually presented this idea, I think like it was something where they, they had extra server capacity, like they were going to throw out a bunch of old servers or something like that. And they repurposed them to essentially host AIM, the service. And mm-hmm. uh, they brought this to executives and executives were like, why would we give this away for free? Like, this is just going to kill yeah. our business model. And AOL um, or America Online, their whole business model was a monthly subscription. So you paid, I think it was like anywhere from like $12 to $50 a month and you got access to the internet. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that, you know, this is the feature that I most closely associate AOL with was AIM. And it's it's just shocking to me that the execs had so much you know, heartburn of, of making this uh, free and wanting to wanting to kill the service. I, I want to touch on AOL as a service because when I first got internet, we were either using AOL, which was one of the ISPs, or we were using Netscape or there was another one, Earthlink. Do you remember yep. Earthlink? Yep. So there's like a couple of major ones, um, a couple of big competitors. And what's crazy is that none of those companies are around anymore. When the internet first arrived, like when it was in everybody's house, AOL felt like this behemoth, like a really large company. You know, you kind of felt like AOL was never going to go away. Totally. Could do no wrong. Yeah. Pretty quickly, um, I think AOL just didn't adapt very well. I mean, they basically only had dial-up internet service. Um, I don't remember them providing DSL, but we moved away from AOL whenever DSL became available. In the South, in Atlanta, it was Bell South. Like Bell South offered a DSL service. So we switched over to Bell South, which eventually got bought by AT&T and yada, yada, yada. You know, people have moved on from DSL to now, you know, cable and uh, obviously there's gig internet. But, you know, this idea that AOL got a really big head start on being one of the first commonly used internet service providers, but then didn't really diversify their business model or add any other features or monetize anything. And it's kind of crazy. Now you understand why they're not around anymore, right? Totally. Making decisions like this to like just, you know, bar none, hey, you know, kill AIM, which is is absolutely crazy to me. Um, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, AOL as an ISP, because one of the things that I remember, probably not fondly at all, was finding AOL CDs everywhere. And mm-hmm. you would get them in the mail, you would get them at Blockbuster, you would get them like all over the place. And it was just like, here's like, download a program, American Online, and get like X dollars for free for, for that month. I think it was time. That's right. Basically, you're buying time on the internet, like a few hours, or I don't know how much they gave you, like seven day free trial, probably seven days. Like that was the, that was the hook back then. But yeah, I remember all the CDs you'd get in the mail, and then you'd constantly be trying to like basically get free internet or just get enough time as a kid to like do whatever you want. Something reminded me that some internet service providers also gave out mice in mail. Like, do you remember that at all? Like you'd get a free mouse. Now I feel slighted. You got, you're, you're getting free mice. That's amazing. I mean, it was crappy. I mean, that's obviously (laughs) a free mouse, but it's not a good mouse for sure. But yeah, there was definitely 
at some point you'd gotten like a free mouse um, and they'd given it to you. At yeah. The time. Another tangent now that you just talked about mice and this is going to very much date myself and also make myself why I'm a hardware person. But I'm sure you remember this, but taking the ball out of the mouse and cleaning, cleaning off. It. Uh, that is so cathartic. So satisfying. It was really satisfying. Yeah, and now like if your laser mouse isn't working, you can't blame it on Lint anymore. But <laughs> for sure, and it's funny because like like I'm sure half of our audience will have no idea what we're talking about it. But we'll post a YouTube video. I'm sure there's one out there of someone cleaning a <laughs> cleaning a mouse that has a a ball for a pointer. Yeah, and as you guys are probably aware of now, Mike and I kind of live through this era of AIM, so it's pretty close to heart for us. Um, AIM was released in May of 1997, which was originally Windows only. Um, and again, it was really popular through the late 90s. I think I remember starting to use it in fifth or sixth grade or something uh, and, you know, chatting with friends. Remember, most people didn't have cell phones um, and didn't have text messaging. So the only way that you could talk to your friends was you talk to them at school. And then when you left, um, you'd get home and then you would log on to AIM as soon as you can. And then you'd be hanging out with your friends again in some way. And so that was like a one way to hang out with people, right? And that's why it became so popular. Again, it predates texting, it predates smartphones, and it predates social media. And I want to say that AIM was still popular through high school, um, mostly because social media was just starting to take off. I think Facebook became readily available in 2004, which for me was freshman year of high school. I think I got in at 2005. Um, but, you know, people didn't really adopt Facebook until a little bit later there was other social media before Facebook, like MySpace and stuff like that, but most people didn't use their chat system. I think most of the time you use like Facebook's chat system whenever Messenger became a thing um, or you would post on walls. That's what it was. You'd post totally. directly yep. on people's walls publicly for everyone to see. <laughs> I I miss like the days of like the dedicated communication of AIM. I feel like what really replaced AIM was text messaging when like yeah. when that yep. was like super rampant and I'm, like I'm sure we'll get to that. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think with AIM, it was the first, it almost felt like the first robust social network, you know, everyone was on it. And it was super ethereal, you know, like your messages, like you were just having a conversation with people hanging out, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, after school. And I think what I liked about it is, you know, I was a pretty shy kid um, growing up, at least like to some people, I definitely come off as an extrovert. But I think AIM really helped me, you know, find my chops from a social <laughs> perspective, because yeah. I could, you know, I could type things out, and then I could edit them, I could think about what I was going to say first, and just you know, kind of like noodle on my thoughts. So I, I thought it was, it was kind of interesting from like a, a social perspective, how at least how much it influenced me. And also with like, even at work, especially we've been remote for about a year now, it's March, 2021 right now. And just having to deal with my coworkers uh, via Slack or other instant messengers, it just feels totally natural. I can't imagine what this must feel like for some folks that didn't grow up with AIM as a as a yeah messaging service. One thing I also want to mention is that AIM felt like you knew when people were online, right? You had visibility into online, offline, away status or whatever. And so you can pretty much rely on them responding to you if you were to send them a message which is kind of similar to Slack, but there was kind of this like in between, I feel like where after AIM kind of died, text messaging took over. And then before Slack, like there was this era of like, if I sent a message or an IM, you don't know when people are going to reply to you or, or if they're at their computer. So it, it kind of had to like old as new, like boomerang back to the state where, yeah, if I message somebody in Slack or you can see people's Slack status now and, um, and see if they're around. So like, yeah, like we mentioned, AIM or AIM, the usage steeply declined in the 2010s. I think, again, it's mostly likely due to social media as well as 
people starting to get cell phones, um, smart or not, just being able to text and totally. eventually other chat apps, right? Um, uh, slight culture for the people that are listening and need a refresher or forgot. It was really popular because it had a really bare bones mascot. It was like this yellow running man, which was called the aim man. It was just a simple yellow running man, which served as their mascot. I actually last night was looking to see if I could find like an AIM running man t-shirt or like some sort <laughs> of like paraphernalia and somebody's selling one on eBay for like 70 bucks. So I don't think it's worth 70 bucks, but there's an opportunity somewhere for someone to produce some retro clothing out there if you wanted to print a man t-shirts. I'm thinking October 2021 um, Halloween costume, you know, just being like a throwback. Being the big yellow man. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, because like, especially like after a year and a half of quarantine, this October, <laughs> like this Halloween's going to be crazy. You so. should start walking around and asking people for their aim screen name. Oh my God, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's such a good idea. <laughs> Like now it's like, what's your cash app or what's your Twitter handle? Or you're just like, what's your aim screen name? Like Mike mentioned, AOL, for whatever reason, didn't decide to monetize the product. And they started to lay off people working on AIM in as early as 2002, which is kind of crazy. It, you know, AIM still lasted for a few years after that, I think, like until people started to get text messaging widely adopted. By 2012, AOL completely stopped putting any engineering dollars towards AIM at all. And it finally sunset way later, actually, in 2017, which I feel like is really late. I'm surprised that they didn't sunset that product earlier. Two things. One, I'm surprised they sunset it in uh, December of 2017, way, way later than we stopped using it. And two, I'm surprised there was even an AOL around to sunset it. Like, I thought AOL had already gone under. Like, do you know if they're doing anything now? I'm pretty sure they got acquired by Verizon. Okay. But I don't know anything about like what, from a business perspective, like what Verizon did or is still doing with AOL. But I'm I'm sure we can dig that up for for the the show notes. Yeah, um, I just thought it was interesting. Like totally. usually, you would have thought that maybe 2012, 2013, AOL isn't around anymore, and obviously because of that, AIM isn't supported. But you know, it sounded like they were still around until 2017. They they kind of sunset unceremoniously. You know, 2017, you already have things like Snapchat and like other forms of chat communication. And you're not even thinking about aim anymore, but which totally. is kind of sad. It's like part of our childhood dying. <laughs> no, for sure. It's it's actually funny. Like in preparation for this, I am, um, I think in like 2006 or seven, I downloaded an app that would uh, save all of my AIM conversations. Mm, and that is something I never, ever wanted to ever see. So no, I don't. Wanted, exactly. Wanted to burn all of those conversations with fire. Just so much cringe all like all, all within those conversations. But a good um, pro tip is to like delete and completely purge any of your old social media accounts. Like if you ever gone back and looked at your Zanga or your MySpace, <laughs> it's I found mine. It's bad. So I, like, I'm glad that I was able to go in and like deactivate it. But for sure, it, it's it's scary. Um, but I think like just talking about this from like putting my product manager hat on for a second, like I'm in exec, it's 2002, I'm working at AOL. It's shocking to me that I don't see this massive opportunity. And I feel like they're just putting like your traditional hat on, like you've never seen this before and you're just fighting against the this momentum, exactly fighting against mm -hmm. this change. But you had to have seen that this massive people are using this service and it's really popular, you know, even if it's costing you money is like, there's something here. People love this tool. People are using it. It's super culturally relevant. I'm just shocked that like no one at AOL picked this up um, as and fought for this harder to, to monetize this. There's just so many opportunities that they could have, uh, could have taken this. So uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Jeff. 
I will say this. It's really hard for companies to be successful as a whole. Sometimes companies stumble upon that. I think AOL was at the right place in the right time for the internet era to become public and, you know, common domain for like every household to have a computer and to start using internet. Like people use mail and uh, if you're getting spam, you're like, oh, maybe I'll try this out. You know, it's free. Why not try it out for this free seven days or whatever? But it's just as hard, if not harder, to maintain relevancy. Like a lot yeah. of companies, if they don't evolve, they die. And you're seeing that now. I mean, like think about companies like Uber that revolutionized the, the taxi hailing service. I mean, who who would have thought in you know 2010 or whatever, 2007, that people would care about getting a cab on demand? Like nobody cared about that. You know, totally. nobody thought that it was important. Until it was. And so I think the problem is people get really short-sighted. They think about what's been working for them. And they don't think about how to future-proof some of their either product or revenue or whatever. And that's why you're seeing a lot of companies start to expand and become less of, hey, we just do this one thing and we're more about the platform. So plenty of companies are doing that now and are, are better about that. And But I think overall, the strategy at the time was like, hey, we're an internet company. Why are we dealing with social chat? Like, it's not our thing. Yeah, totally. I, I think that it's definitely, um, you know, the Achilles heel for for companies. Like, you you have this cash cow. Like, for AOL, it was subscriptions. It's like, why mm. would we give anything away for free? Like, let's start, like try to subscribe it. But, you know, they don't see this whole movement coming. Because, it, it, you know, to be fair, it's like it's we're looking back in hindsight's 2020. Um, and so we, we can kind of tease out like what was happening. But it's, it's interesting when something is so epic fails. I think another really interesting example is Kodak. Kodak actually yeah. had the patent for the digital camera um, in like the 70s or 80s. It was like really early on. And their biggest revenue generator at the time was film. Mm-hmm. And so why would they create digital pictures that would totally cannibalize right. their their film business, which in hindsight, you're just like, oh my God, what an awful business decision. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy. But it's just one of those things where it's like a really hard decision. Like, hey, like, do we kill off this super profitable business model to go something with the, the unknown? And yeah, it's, it's a hard call to make. But I think it's a really important lesson to just at least an important lens to look at when you're making these product decisions. Just a quick self-plug, I guess. Um, Product managers as a whole haven't been around for like that long. I would say like maybe 15, 20, maybe 20 years, right? Um, Probably a little bit longer than that. But I think it wasn't popular enough at that time for every company to have as many product managers as it does today, like especially in tech. It seems like PM is a bit more prevalent. People understand the value of it. There's people that are dedicated to being strategic thinkers. It's so that, you know, C-suite doesn't always get stretched thin or PMs play multiple functions in multiple companies. But the point being is that at AIM, somebody made the decision that, hey, we're not going to do this chat thing because it doesn't fall in line with our other strategy of internet. Probably it was because they didn't have the capacity or the bandwidth. But if they had PMs and they thought that PM was a vertical that they wanted to get into, then you know somebody can handle that portion and then they can really think more strategically about what's going on. But I think the problem is like, the call was probably made by one guy overseeing a ton of different products. And it's really hard for them to get totally. that focus of, hey, how can we actually leverage something like Messenger to expand our user base or you know build on more revenue? For sure. And I think we can talk a little bit about who AIM was for and just you know how popular AIM was. You know, So uh, the best snapshot I could find was in 2005, roughly 68% of the US were internet users. So 
if look in, I've also found a 2005 UC Berkeley report that said that AIM had 53 million active users. Um, and so that, that's just a huge like base in like 2005, you know, like to have you know, over 50 million active users and then 195 total users, which is pretty wild that they were able to, you know, have that mass. That, that's why I think I'm just like kicking myself looking at this in hindsight because I'm like, you had so, so many users that were there. And then looking more specifically at like their segments that they had in there. So a Pew report found that 74% of adolescents in the U.S. who had internet access, they used instant messaging. Um, and 35% used it every day. I was 100% that 35% statistic. Mm-hmm. I was using AM every single day, talking yeah. to my buddies, like writing really angsty, like, you know, dashboard confessional lyrics into my buddy <laughs> profile. Right. Um, it, it's just it's just crazy. Um, and then the last stat that I found in, in 2005 was that um, it, it was the primary method of communication for 19% of adolescents so just like just massive numbers there and just a huge opportunity that that i saw that awol obviously did, did not capitalize on aim was probably the number one instant messaging app um that's why we kind of picked it for the show but they, they definitely had competitors even in the early stages there was both yahoo and msn messenger i actually did have an msn messenger and didn't really use it that often i think the only reason i had it was i played a lot of age of empires online and I think they were uh, a Microsoft Game Studio game. So you had to have like an MSN account to like play uh, Age of Empires at that time. So that's the only reason why I had it or, or I had tried it at some point. You, you don't have to make excuses, Jeff. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't cool. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I ever used Yahoo Messenger. I don't remember using Yahoo Messenger. Though. No, I didn't even um, know that was a thing. The only Yahoo uh, product that I remember. Uh, Fantasy? <laughs> no, I mean, I still am a Yahoo Fantasy user, but I was thinking of um, Ask Yahoo. Or Yahoo oh, Answers, rather. That right, right. It was like the best for just like seeing people that are like asking the internet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. After Yahoo and MSN, there was obviously texting and social media became more prevalent. So social media, native chats. After that, voice calling became more popular, which is where Skype kind of came in. And Skype had both voice and text chats. And then today there's dedicated chat channels uh, or chat apps that are only meant for chatting, such as WhatsApp, WeChat, obviously Facebook Messenger, which is now integrated with Instagram Messenger, they're all kind of one thing now. And um, and even like business or um, communications chats like Slack. And I think it's interesting, at least like my personal use of AIM, like I feel like I stopped using AIM for two reasons. Like the first was because of Gchat within Gmail. Is like everyone like in, like I probably stopped using AIM in like 2000, like 2009, 2008, like my like first mm-hmm. or second year of undergrad. Um, that's really when, you know, Gmail and Gchat really became prevalent and I needed it to just like have those, hey, like quick communications with someone that I didn't feel comfortable with, like sharing my AIM screen name with because yeah. I didn't know them from a friend perspective. But right. it was more like, quote unquote, like professional because I'm like in in school, just like trying to chat them and, and get stuff done. So it's just interesting how like all these different products are intersecting from like texting, just becoming extremely prevalent all the way to just Facebook trying to eat the world and integrating Instagram and Facebook Messenger all into one. Let's talk about our thoughts about AIM. I can start. Uh, I think that for, in terms of the product market fit, it was it just stumbled upon like a really great use case. Like people needed to communicate now that they're on a brand new medium, which was the internet. And it's hard to just like make posts on walls and hope that people eventually respond to you. It's Email is really slow. They needed something that was able to harness like instantaneous com- 
conversations and communication. And that's where instant messages really flourished. And AIM happened to be the one of choice, mostly because a lot of people adopted the internet through AOL and they just continued to use AIM through you know, multiple years, even as they moved away from AOL as an ISP. Pricing was great. Pricing was free, right? It didn't cost totally. us anything. Like people still like people are still using AIM and had nothing to do with AOL again. And it's really shocking that, you know, AOL didn't try to monetize at least some portion of um, AIM. Maybe there was ads. I feel like there might have been some ads at some stage, but you know, they never asked us as users to pay for any portion of it. Granted, when you're a kid, you're not going to be able to pay for anything subscription-based. That was way before subscription services became really popular or anything like that. Totally. I think overall strategy, I have to like score pretty low because it wasn't part of their strategy. They, again, they like- <laughs> It was a side project for sure. They, it was a side project. They made this thing and it was great. People loved it. I think where I do have to give AM points is customer experience. Like people love the experience of instant chat. I mean, you see- that it really spawned all these other types of chat. You know, I won't say that text was directly spawned from instant message, but there is this need to instantly connect with people anywhere in the world. And through the use of the internet, we're able to do that. And so that was really cool. Like being able to like, I can send you a text message at three in the morning and be able to reach you. Whereas in the past, I have to know your phone number, you have to pick up all these other things, right? So, you know, if you get anyone's screen name or whatever, you can send them a message and, and that's pretty powerful. And it's kind of manifested itself in multiple ways like Twitter and Facebook Messenger and social media and things like that. So I think if I had to give it a score, um, I would probably give it like a three and a half. And most of the points that I'm giving it is because the experience <laughs> was great. Like they had a really good product. People really liked it. Were there some quality of life things that they probably could have changed? Like maybe. I think now people's appetite for instant messaging has changed because there's now kind of a sensory overload, right? Too many notifications. If you remember in AIM, every time you got a notification, a new pop-up would come up. So that was kind of annoying. Uh, but oh, and now like that. You're right. Yeah. Now everything's like consolidated into one app. So you can like turn off notifications or adjust them or configure them or whatever. But I think everything else about AIM was just like such a large missed opportunity. I mean, they could have offered it as part of AOL. AOL could have pivoted to be the first or one of the earlier social media companies. Imagine if they had done something like that. Um, they could have charged something for it or offered it up to advertisers to make some sort of revenue. They could have expanded the use of AIM. It just seemed like because it was this black sheep within the company, they were too stubborn to eventually realize that they're sitting on this like gold mine of opportunity and they just kind of let it die. And so it's really sad that that happened, but we have other chat apps now, so we're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half, mostly because it was a great experience for those of us that were first getting our foray into instant messaging. For sure. And I think uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm going to call this like a, a 3.75. And, you know, in the same vein, customer experience was fantastic. And that's like the bulk of my review. I think what excites me the most thinking about AIM is all of the, like the core functionality and features that are now staples across any kind of chatting from, hey, like status, like, hey, like it's green, red, yellow, like this person's online, I can actually talk to them and communicate to them face to face, or even just like the chat bubbles, like, hey, like, you know, Jeff Lee, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight is, is talking here, is typing. Mm -hmm. Things like that are super crucial that, you know, we see in like from Slack to any other messaging service. So, you know, kudos to the, the team for, you know, building a really cool product. But yeah, from a strategy perspective, they just really, really dropped the ball here. Like they could have, um, you know, just simple A-B tests. Like you have like 50 million users that are active users. Like 
you know, where are they spending most of their time? Like, are they building buddy profiles? Like maybe there's something there. Mm-hmm. Um, are they, you know, sending away messages? Are they like, uh, maybe you need to integrate it with music services, so many different paths that they could have taken and at least, uh, at least tried to put gasoline on the fire there. So yeah, I'll call it a three and a 3.75. Uh, really just stood up by the customer experience. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on AOL Instant Messenger, and we'd love to hear from our audience. So feel free to share what you think with us on our Instagram and our Twitter accounts. Uh, you can find us at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.